Hey guys, God bless you. Good morning and happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I'm so glad that we're able to celebrate our risen Savior. Now listen, I know it's not ideal. I wish we can celebrate in person. Uh, but at the very least, that doesn't stop us from celebrating that Jesus is risen and he is risen indeed. Happy Easter. God bless you guys. I'm so glad that we can get together by these means. My name is Danny. If we haven't had the chance to meet just yet, I'm so glad that we can dig into God's word together. You know, there's one thing that the cross teaches us is a healthy theology of suffering. You see, we serve a savior who suffers, who knows what it means to suffer. Jesus endured the cross. He suffered pain. He suffered whips on his back. He suffered a crown of thorns. He knows what it is to suffer. And so if you're suffering right now, be comforted by the fact that you serve a savior that understands your suffering. And if you're going through a difficult time right now, I just want you to know that we are praying for you. I personally am praying for you that the Lord would encourage you and help you during these difficult times. And if there's any practical ways that we can serve you, please let us know. In fact, there's people waiting right now in the chat. You can let them know that you need something. And in fact, we have uh, some hygiene kits on hand. And if you're in Bushwick or close by, uh, we can deliver that to you or we can arrange a pickup uh, if that would be helpful for you. Just let us know. Uh, we're in the middle of a series called What's Next? And last week we spoke about uh, what's next for you. Maybe it's being a part of this new family, the family of God, the family that God brought together in Jesus. And hopefully you had some time to contemplate about that during the week and consider if that is your next step. And today we're going to be talking about communion. Now let me begin by asking you guys a question, and this is no fun if you don't play along, okay? Uh, so I need you to answer this question in the comments below. Do you have a good memory or a bad memory? What do you have? Do you have a good memory or a bad memory? Would you let me know in the comments down below? I have a friend of mine he, who shall go nameless. I won't reveal his name, but he has an amazing, amazing memory. Let me tell you, uh, he'll call me and he'll tell me, hey, Danny, do you remember back in 1995? You know, it was a cold January night. In fact, it was raining at 6 a.m. Uh, and this and this happened. He would recall every single detail and tell me. And of course, I'm like, I don't remember anything. I don't even remember what I had for dinner last night. That's how bad my memory is. What about you? Do you have a good memory or bad memory? Some of you have selective memory, which means, uh, man, you remember one thing and that one thing you will never let die down and you will never forget about that one situation. You have selective memory. Now, what is the connection between that and communion? We'll get there in just a second. But if you've ever been to Swerve, perhaps you've realized that every week we like to serve communion and partake in communion together as a church family. And so maybe you've wondered a couple questions. You've probably thought, you know, what, why do they serve communion or, or what is communion? Or maybe you've even asked yourself the question, do I partake in communion? Who's allowed to? Am I a part of that? Is this, is this one of my next steps? And so hopefully before this is all said and done, we'll be able to answer uh, some of those questions for you. If you're ready, give us a thumbs up and we're going to dig into God's word and try to answer some of these questions. Now, here's the first thing. Number one, you can write this down. I love to write down uh, and take notes because it really helps me focus in and, uh, and consider what we're talking about. It also gives me a resource to look back to during the week from my own personal quiet times as we're praying and such. Uh, so here's number one. You can write this down in your notes. And that is that communion helps us remember. Communion helps us remember. And we're going to read a passage from Luke chapter 22. Uh, but before we do, let me set it up for you. Uh, Jesus is sitting down at a dinner table uh, with some of his ministry friends. These are his ministry companions. These are some of his dear friends that he's been doing ministry with for the past three and a half years. And he's about to share what's known as the Last Supper. 
Uh, in fact, it's known as the Last Supper uh, because it, this would be literally his last meal right before Jesus would be led to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And so he's sharing this meal. It's the Passover meal. It was a meal that, uh, that many of the Jewish, uh, Jewish people would celebrate to remember when God delivered them from the plagues uh, back in Egypt. And so they would take, partake in this Passover meal uh, together. And so he's having this Passover meal uh, with the disciples, the Last Supper, right before he would be led to the cross. And here's what we see. Luke chapter 22, verse 19 and 20 says this, And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, if you'd like to take notes in your Bible, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and underline where he says, Do this in remembrance of me. And one reason we implement or we partake in communion is so that we can remember, so that we can remember Jesus' work on the cross. Now listen, no matter whether you have a good memory or a bad memory, there's one thing in my years of experience in ministry, I've realized that no matter uh, where, where you are, if you have good or bad memory, we all tend to forget and put Jesus in last place. Uh, we don't put Jesus in first place. We don't give him priority in our lives. And so communion gives us an opportunity to remember and to reflect on Jesus, on his work on the cross, on his life, death, and resurrection. You know, we tend to put him on the back burner. We forget sometimes we go through good times and, and when we're going through those good times, man, we don't need Jesus because everything's okay and we forget about him. Or sometimes we go through bad times and we say, well, in the middle of those bad times, God didn't help me. Jesus wasn't anywhere during those difficult situations, so he's going to take last place in my life as well. So communion helps us reflect and remember whether we're going through good times or bad, Jesus needs to be in his rightful place. You know, how much does that differ from what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? Would you guys read this verse out loud with me? It says this, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so as we partake in communion, it gives us an opportunity to remember, to remember to put Jesus first. It's an opportunity to put Jesus in first place, whether we're going through good times or bad. Let me ask you guys a question. What place is Jesus in your life right now? Be honest with yourself. Answer that question. Uh, reflect on that question. Is Jesus in first place right now? Here's number two in your notes. You can write this down. And that is that communion is a time to reflect. Communion is a time to reflect. And look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 says. It says, let a person examine himself. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. Would you guys underline the first part of that verse where it says, let a person examine himself. And see, a key practice that we see all throughout Scripture is the practice of repenting of sin confession of sin. It's a very important practice that we see littered all over the pages of Scripture. You see, guys, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sin. But even though he, he forgives us of our sin and his blood washes our sin away, we still continue to sin anyway. And so that's why it's so important that we repent. And communion gives us an opportunity, gives us some time to reflect on Jesus's, that, that Jesus is not in first place in our lives so often, that he's not priority in our lives so often. And it gives us an opportunity to reflect on all the areas of our lives where we fall incredibly short and where we have sinned. And it gives us an opportunity to cry out for mercy and to beg for God's forgiveness for our sin. It's an opportunity for us to acknowledge our sin, 
It's an opportunity for us to acknowledge our inability to save ourselves and to depend on Jesus' work to do that on our behalf. The good news about confession and sin is that when you confess, He is listening. Jesus listens and He has the power to forgive. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's the promise that God gives each and every single one of us that through Jesus, that if you confess your sin, that He is faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sin. That's the good news of confession. That's the good news of repenting of sin. And even though we fall short and even though we sin, Jesus is there. Jesus is willing. Jesus is able to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as we partake in communion, you have an opportunity to reflect, to remember, to consider sin in any area of your life and to beg for forgiveness, for God to forgive you and to wash you away. And the good news is that He is listening and He will forgive you of your sin. And so as we partake in communion, I want you guys to reflect on this in your life. Where is there sin? in your life? Where, where in your heart is there, is there sin? Where do you need Christ's power to forgive you? Now here's number three in your notes. You can write this down and that is that communion is symbolic. Communion is symbolic and this is very important for us to know. You see guys, there's nothing mystical or magical about the act of communion. It is simply symbolic. And that's what Jesus was explaining to his disciples, the first verses, the initial verses that we read. He was saying that this, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. This juice, this wine, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for you. It was symbolic of what was about to happen, what was about to occur in Jesus' life. It is symbolic. And so we pick it up in John chapter 6, verse 53 to 54. This is absolutely fascinating. I want you guys to follow along and read this. Here's what it says. It says, so Jesus said to them truly I tell you listen to this unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you do not have life in yourselves the one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day Jesus what are we supposed to be all vampires <laughs> do you think that he was being literal you think he was literally talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood absolutely not it was symbolic it was representative of us to partake in his salvation which was provided in his body and in his blood in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sins it was representative now maybe you ask yourself why did Jesus use such graphic language why did he use such graphic imagery maybe it was to show us the graphic extent of his love Maybe it was to show us how graphic his murder and his death would be in our behalf. You see, guys, it should have been me. It should have been you on that cross. It should have been our bloody death. But instead, Jesus died in our place to forgive us of our sin. Jesus died in our place so that we can experience forgiveness. And maybe he was just giving us a glimpse of the extent in which he would show us his love. Here's number four in your notes. You can write this down. This is the last point. And then, and then we're going to invite you to all to take in communion. And then we're going to invite you all to partake in communion together so we can take it together as one church family. Number four is this, and that is that communion is a celebration. Communion is a celebration. And praise God, guys, this is what Easter is all about. This is the best news that you're going to hear all day. This is why we celebrate Easter. Because Jesus' blood, Jesus' body, his, his blood shed for us, His body broken for us, means that we are forgiven, that we can experience the forgiveness of our sin. Let us not forget 
Let us not forget that Jesus died in our place and they put his body in a tomb. But three days later, by the power of the Spirit, he was raised from the dead. He was raised from the grave so that we can experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life. He was raised to life, praise God. And that's why we celebrate Easter. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says. It says this, For Christ also suffered for sins once and for all. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all. Guys, that means that he died for your sins, your sins past, your sins present, your sins future. He died once for all. It goes on to say the righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus was the righteous one who died in our place, the perfect sinless lamb of God who would die in our place, the righteous for the unrighteous. We are unrighteous. We are sinful. We fall incredibly short before the grace of God that he might bring you to God. Hallelujah. His sacrifice on the cross brings us close to God. Our sin alienated us from God. Our sin separated us from God. It broke the relationship, the perfect communion between us and God. But through Jesus' sacrifice, he brings us close to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but he was made alive by the Spirit. Jesus was made alive. He was brought back to life. He resurrected, showing that God has the power. He has the authority over all life, death, and resurrection. And as Jesus experienced newness of life, he was brought back to life. We too can be made new. We can experience you can be also be made new in Jesus and and to be alive in Jesus means that one day we're going to be away from this wretched earth away from all the pain and the sickness and the heartbreak and the hurt that we experience right now one day we're going to be away from it all and we'll be in the presence of Jesus whole and made new but being alive in Jesus also means that right now right at this moment for those who put their faith in Jesus they can experience new life right now you can have a, a renewed purpose you can have a new identity now found in the things of this world but found in who you are in Christ you are made alive in Jesus and we can partake in this forgiveness how, how do you partake in this forgiveness how do you experience this love if you wanted to guys there's no better opportunity perhaps than to do that right now than on an Easter Sunday for you to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ the way you can partake in this forgiveness of sin in this new life and in his love is to admit Admit that you are a sinner, that you fall short before God and that you need salvation, that you need a savior. Believe, believe in your heart that God sent Jesus to die in your place and that he, he died on the cross to forgive you of your sins and three days later, God raised them from the grave and then confess, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. You could too can experience salvation. You are invited to partake in that today. You are invited, you are welcome to to partake in that all you have to do is do those things put your faith in Jesus Christ it is by faith in Christ alone by which we are saved let's pray God I pray that we would use this opportunity to remember Jesus because so often in our lives God he, you take the last place in our lives God I pray that whether we're going through a bad time or a good time Lord that you would take your rightful place help us remember Jesus to reflect on Jesus God I ask Lord that you would Help me repent of any personal sin in my life, God, where I fall incredibly short. God, for all of us collectively as a body, Lord, would you forgive us of our sin, God? Would you give us humble hearts to repent of our sin regularly? And God, I thank you for the powerful symbolism that is communion, Lord, that we can partake in communion, that we can reflect, that we can remember, and that we can celebrate our risen Savior. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm gonna invite you guys to grab the elements and we're gonna partake in communion together as a family. So go ahead and grab your bread and juice and let's partake together.
so Jesus broke up the bread and he shared it with, with his ministry companions, with the disciples, and he said, this represents my body, which is broken for you. His body, which is broken for us. The bread represents the whips on his back. It represents the crown of thorns impaled into his scalp. It represents the nails that were driven through his wrists and his feet as he hung on a cross for our sins. It should have been me. It should have been you. It should have been us hanging on that cross. But instead, it was Jesus Christ on our behalf. Take a moment to reflect. Take a moment to repent of sin, to confess, and to remember Jesus Christ. You can partake of the bread. I recognize that it should have been me on that cross. Thank you for the whips on the back. Thank you for the nails through the hands and feet in my place. God, thank you for your body broken for me. And then Jesus passed the cup around and he told the disciples that the cup was representative of the blood that would be shed on their behalf, predicting what would happen moments later. They would lead him to the cross. And this is what it represents for us. It represents Jesus' blood that washes away our sin, every ounce of blood that was shed. The Bible says that the, um, when he was hanging on the cross, he had literally shed every last bit of, of blood in his body, so much so that when they impaled, when the Roman soldier impaled the side, uh, the out of the side just gushed out water and blood, the last bit little blood, the last bit of blood that was in his body. And it teaches us that it was his blood that, that washes away our sin. There's that old hymn that says, what can wash away our sin? nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's exactly what the juice represents. It represents uh, the blood of Jesus in our place, uh, washing away every single one of our sins so that we can be forgiven and experience newness of life. You can partake in the cup. And I'm gonna invite you guys now as we continue in, in a moment of, of prayer and worship and, and confession and reflection, I'm going to invite you guys to worship with us in one more song as we celebrate our risen Savior.